This podcast is brought to you by Score Foundation. Hi, my name is George Abraham and welcome to Iway Conversations. My guest today is Nikita Ved Raut, who works with a bank as an HR and L&D professional. She's a singer, a fun-loving person, a family person, and a motivational speaker. Hi, Nikita. Welcome. Hi, George. So, Nikita, uh, you've joined a bank. Uh, did you always want to join a bank as a child growing up? No, I didn't want to be a banker. But yes, definitely, I wanted to be a corporate woman. Uh, I wanted to be either an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, or a corporate woman. Uh, so bank happened uh, to me um, as as part of my campus placement when I was doing my uh, master's, uh, my MBA. Uh, so bank came for uh, recruitment, and uh, I basically specialized in HR. I'm working presently at in one of the nationalized uh, public sector bank in the country. Uh, so I was recruited as uh, manager HR, um, and I eventually rose up to the level of uh, being an assistant general manager presently. Uh, so L&D and HR has been my uh, forte so far. So could you talk a little bit more uh, about your uh, profile as an HR and uh, L&D person? So, uh, George, when I was recruited uh, in 2009, I joined uh, the corporate office uh, of the organization. And uh, I was there for about six years in the corporate office where I was uh, largely interested uh, with the, the work of, uh, you know, policy making, drafting a couple of uh, schemes, uh, guidelines, etc. And uh, we did uh, quite a lot of work uh, as far as the um, uh, the space of, you know, providing facilities to persons with uh, disability was also concerned. So, uh, so we did a lot of work in and around, uh, you know, employee development, etc. And then after six years, when I, um, you know, uh, I was elevated, I got promotions. Uh, that's when I felt that, uh, you know, just being uh, in the corporate office uh, may not give me a 360 degree uh, view of uh, what actually the HR function is or what can an HR professional, uh, what role can an HR professional play in creating the impact that I wanted to create. So I requested uh, my seniors to, you know, uh, give me another posting, give me a ground, uh, a field posting. Uh, so my second posting was in Delhi. It was in the region. I was heading the regional HR profile for that region. And I was there for a year or so. And then I again came back to Mumbai, handled yet another difficult region as the regional HR head. Um, so that profile, uh, you know, gave me a lot of uh, exposure in terms of dealing with different uh, uh, stages of the life cycle of an employee, including dealing with uh, IR issues, disciplinary action issues, um, employee development, etc. And then post that in 2018, I uh, got into the training part of it, 
and uh, I I uh, was chosen to head the training center of the bank in Mumbai. Um, so that's where I am presently. Uh, I'm I'm heading the training center of the bank, which is at Mumbai as the learning head or the vice principal. Uh, so my present profile uh, entails, you know, uh, designing programs uh, for different category of employees, taking sessions. Uh, mentoring and uh, content developing, etc. Do you also see yourself playing a role in actually making banking products uh, accessible mm -hmm. for uh, people with vision impairment? Yes, of course, George. Uh, that's that's uh, very much an important role that, though not officially assigned, but uh, in my personal capacity, I do uh, see playing that role, and I keep, uh, you know, um, nagging, nagging at the departments when, whenever they keep coming out with uh, something new and which is not accessible. So it's very important that you must uh, point out and tell them specifically that where things uh, need to improve. And um, like, I realized that our internet banking, uh, when it got upgraded, uh, there are a lot of accessibility challenges at the moment. So, yeah. uh, you know, I personally went and I gave dem uh, the demo to the concerned department, uh, showing them exactly where, while using it, where we uh, get stuck as far as accessibility is concerned. Uh, similarly, the, the mobile app as well. If you know of anyone with vision impairment, who needs guidance on living life with blindness, please share the IWAY National Toll-Free Helpline number 1-800-5320-469. The number is 1-800-5320-469. How did you actually prepare? Is there any kind of uh, specialized studies that you had to do to actually get into the bank? Okay. So uh, while I was, uh, you know, doing my MBA in 2009, uh, yeah. till that time, the banks were recruiting people directly from the campus. Subsequently, the guidelines changed and the banks were prohibited by uh, from doing so. Uh, so mine was a campus placement. I did not have to actually give a written exam, but... I prepared very well for the interview. I even took my laptop and my mobile, etc., in the interview room to show my panelists how I, despite being 100% blind, can actually work just like them. And uh, then towards the end, uh, when I was given an indication by the panel that they liked my uh, profile and they want to select me, and they gave me an opportunity whether, uh, whether I would like to ask them something, and I said yes. Uh, there is a question that comes to my mind and, uh, you know, which I share with everybody when I talk about this. Yeah. So the question is that um, you are a public sector organization and as per the government mandate, you are necessarily required to recruit persons with disability. Uh, yeah. And I'm one amongst them. So when you say that you like my candidature and you want to recruit me, whether you are recruiting me only because I'm blind or yeah. you are recruiting me because you feel that I can do justice with the job and I have that uh, merit or the capability in me to uh, fulfill your job requirement. Yeah. The senior person in the panel did ask me that what was my reason behind asking this question? And with folded hands, I said that if this is 
a mere obligatory recruitment that you want mm. to comply with the government mandate, yeah. then I'm sorry, I, I will not be interested in joining the organization. But yeah. yes, if you are recruiting me uh, without considering my blindness and yeah. uh, only on my merits, then I would very well join the organization. Right. And the panel was so happy. They kind of stood up from the chair and they said that, no, it's our promise that we are recruiting you only and only because we feel you're the right candidate for the job. And never, ever will the blindness come in, you know, uh, the way of our decision making as far as your employment in the, in the bank is concerned. You, you also uh, uh, told me some time ago, some years ago, actually, that you have a passion for singing and you are into music in a big way. George, um, I have done, I've learned classical singing. Yeah. Uh, though I don't purely perform classical singing, uh, etc. But I've learned classical singing. I have done my Visharat in yeah. uh, vocal. I used to sing for All India Radio um, until a couple of years ago. As a child, when I started learning music, I uh, have memories of, uh, you know, people murmuring that, okay, uh, she's blind, at least when she grows up. If nothing else, she can at least sing and spend money for herself. Yeah. You know, so I didn't want the blindness to get associated with my talent of singing. And yeah. therefore, very consciously, I did not choose to, you know, make singing as my primary profession. I went a different route. I uh, gave singing, uh, though it is my passion, but I did, I gave it the second preference then. But yeah. now when I realize that now I'm kind of uh, settled as far as my profession is concerned and I've proved uh, to the world that I wanted to. Uh, now is the time when I can actually uh, look back to my uh, my uh, singing as my passion. And now I am learning uh, again uh, from a profession because you know learning, uh, especially in arts, it's a continuous process. It's not that you've learned and the the game ends. Yeah, so learning uh, is each day, right? Yeah. So yeah. now I've started also uh, taking my music classes in a big way from a professionally trained mentor, and he's himself a very renowned singer. He's a Ghazal singer, uh, Mr. Jaswinder Singh. So yeah. I'm uh, training myself in music under under his guidance. Uh, I don't perform uh, at a professional level, not for money, because singing is my passion. And uh, but I guess I do perform wherever I get an opportunity. And if you ask me, my choice of singing, my genre is um, more devotional and uh, you know, uh, light music, guzzles, old songs. That's my genre. To support our work with the blind and visually impaired, you can visit the donate page on our website www scorefoundation.org.in Please note www.scorefoundation.org.in You also uh, take up speaking engagements. So yes. what do you speak about? Yeah. So I do, uh, I am called uh, for two types of speaking uh, you know, engagements. One, on the subject that I deal into, so MD, yeah. HR spe uh, specifically, uh, diversity yeah. inclusion is one of my favorite uh, areas. Yeah. And uh, the other one, which is more close to my heart, is I'm called as a motivational speaker, where people do ask me to share my own 
uh, journey and uh, motivate the audience. What actually is the cause of your blindness and uh, when was it discovered and uh, where did the support for you come up and your inspiration? I'm blind by birth. Yeah. And my parents, um, they could only make this out, figure this out when I was around seven or eight months old. Yeah. Um, the diagnosis revealed that my optic nerves are dead and I have a retina detached uh, thing. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, I was born as the third child of my parents. Yeah. Um, I already have two, uh, two sisters elder to me. Yeah. So... Those good day, good old days, not too old. I'm just 38 years old, so 38 years ago. So <laughs> yeah. um, those good old days, uh, there used to be a lot of social pressure, especially, um, you know, in the northern part of the country to sort of have a boy, right? So yeah. my parents also had to give in to that pressure and that's how I was conceived. And uh, the biggest shock that my family got, uh, not my parents though, but the other people who acted as the advisors they got uh, the shock that I was again a girl yeah uh, so they did not even come out of the shock and they were given the other shock of their life a couple of months later that this girl cannot see where some people you know said that okay this is a destiny but some people also said that oh uh, this is a result of some bad karmas that supposedly my my parents or I would have done yeah, and uh, and then some people also gave weird advices like uh, to my parents to go and leave me out in an anath ashram or into an hostel, etc. But yeah. uh, lucky me or fortunate for me that my parents did not succumb to any of those pressures. Yeah, uh, they were very resilient in the fact um, that they always wanted me, uh, wanted to raise me just as they raised the other two daughters. And, yeah. Uh, they focused on my education, uh, which was, again, very, very challenging because uh, those times there was hardly any school which was ready to take a blind child. Yeah. Uh, so that's where the role of NAB, National Association for the Blind, stepped in. And, uh, you know, it's it's because of their help that I my parents could manage to get me an admission in an integrated education program or in the school. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, the history has been such, uh, George, right from my KG, my nursery, till date. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think wherever I have taken education, I was yeah. the first blind student for that particular institute. Right. So, you know, so so the first time, first thing. So a lot of new learning, a lot of challenges, a lot of workarounds, etc. Uh, so that's been, and... Um, I think it has been an interesting journey, not just for me, but for also the people around me, my parents, my sisters, and of course, now my husband and his part of the family. No, it'll be interesting to know uh, how did you meet your husband and uh, as a blind uh, woman, getting into a new family would have been an interesting experience. Yes. So um, how did I meet my husband? So we worked in the same bank. Uh, right. By the way, my husband is... Uh, Physically normal. Yeah. Okay, I'm stressing on the word physically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, otherwise, husbands are not supposed to be normal. This is what I see. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's on the lighter note. But yeah. yes, he, he is sighted. He's physically normal. And uh, it was a typical love marriage. Yeah. A Punjabi girl wedding a Maharashtrian boy. Yeah. So um, 
you know, a lot of adjustments that both of us had to make, not because of my blindness, but probably because of the, the, the culture difference that we both originated from, the Maharashtrians and the Punjabis. Yeah. So he doesn't like Punjabi food and I do not like Maharashtrian food. So you can imagine how it right. is. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it has been good. Um, so it was uh, obviously quite quite a task for him to convince his parents uh, to agree for, uh, you know, their only son to be getting married to a woman who cannot see completely. Yeah. It was a task and um, there was a lot of resistance then, but I don't know how he managed and the parents were convinced. And the little bit which was remaining uh some resistance that probably i could use my hr skills and convince my my mother-in-law or uh, you know my in-laws to sort of accept me the way uh, i am uh, but let me tell you uh, they've been quite open to it and uh, you know one good thing that happened with me george uh, while i was a child is my my mom especially um trained me to uh, you know, trained me for a completely independent living. So right. just because I was blind, I had no excuses. Uh, yeah. And she would not listen to the fact that uh, I will not be able to do this work or that work. The way she trained her other two daughters, uh, even more strictly, she used to deal with me. Yeah. So as a result, you know, uh, for me to work at home or to do anything that a normal girl is expected to do has never been a challenge. Uh, let me ask you the next logical question. Yeah. Uh, who manages the home? Your husband or yourself? So we both manage and we both mismanage. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now that was again on a lighter note. But yes, right. I mean, we both manage because we both are working. And just as the other normal uh, working couple does. But let me tell you some interesting facts. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times when we go out in a social circle, uh, you know, people are generally in awe of things because they feel that, oh, a fully blind girl has been married to somebody who's sighted. So what a sacrifice the sighted man would have uh, mm. made or, you know, day to day life, may how much this man is required to work, etc. And this girl is not may not be able to do anything at home. Yeah. Uh, but this is an open fact. And even my husband admits it that there's hardly any work that he does at home and <laughs> I don't do. Uh, so including sometimes we even joke around, you know, sometimes he, he searches for some things that, oh, I'm not able to get my wallet or I'm not able to see my uh, my belt or my mm. shirt, etc. And mm. then he will come out grumbling and I will just quickly go inside from his cupboard, search it and give it to him in his hand. Mm. So right. sometimes he says, I really wonder whether who amongst us is blind, you know, <laughs> and... <laughs> So, so at the times when I, I uh, not just make my own cupboard or I not just make my own bags when we have to go out on a travel, but yeah. I also do the same for him. Right. So, so you know, it's, it's that. And I think the more important thing is that how you coordinate with each other, how you understand each other. Uh, so there are times I remember when we were newly wedded, uh, yeah. my husband... Uh, would I mean without even telling me he would just blindfold himself and walk around the house just to understand how I how I feel or how I perceive things without yeah. seeing it so that you know yeah. he can empathize and he can communicate in the same way with me uh, yeah. as would make things comfortable. That's an interesting uh, idea and thought 
so let me also ask you uh, how does nikita ved raut uh, have fun and uh, relax oh okay so relaxing yes of course uh, music is one and yeah. uh, my favorite uh, whenever i'm stressed you know just in case i am generally i try not to be but when if i'm stressed my favorite stress buster is cleaning my house or cleaning the cupboard so that is fun as concerned so yes i am a very fun loving person we do go out we travel uh, we like going on long drives i like trekking i'm right. a foodie okay right. uh, so uh, and and of course i love to dress up and yeah. dressing up means everything has to be matching yeah so some people say that oh so your husband might be spending hours together to dress you up and the answer <laughs> is flat no yeah <laughs> the answer is flat no in fact most of the times i just uh, dress up myself uh, while i'm you know rushing to leave for work or i do my makeup in the car while i'm traveling that's yeah. when i'm alone you know uh, you also have got a lot of recognition by way of awards and so on so uh, mm-hmm. which is the which is the award that cherish that you cherish the most okay so um so to uh, to tell you very honestly the first achievement that i cherish the most is the uh, the recognition or the achievement when i uh, stood first in the mumbai university after completing my bms okay right right and the second one uh, the most recent one is the one that i cherish was the national award that i received last year on 3rd of december uh, by the hands of the honorable president the then president uh, sri ramnath kovin for yeah. uh, you know um, the visual impairment category best employee and uh, for all those who know this award is constituted by the ministry of social justice and empowerment and given on 3rd december being an hr professional have, hmm. have having lived life as a professional and a family yeah. person Hmm. is there any kind of uh, advice or uh, words of wisdom that like you would like to share with uh, our listeners oh um, words of wisdom to main nahi kahungi but yes i will just uh, share a couple of uh, principles that i follow and i never preach but i always uh, just share in case of it is appealing so um, you know i i always believe in leading the principle uh, the life on uh, the principle of my blood group that's b positive yeah and i always feel that you know um, at every stage you yeah. have to make a choice the situation right. can never be in your hand right but the choice of how you want to respond to it is always in your hand right so what sort of a choice that you make determines uh, the end result and uh, you know the last thing uh, yeah, i mean that i would always i believe and i would like to share that uh, you know george in india uh, we do celebrate so many festivals right christmas yeah. is just around the corner diwali etc right right uh, but there is one festival that we can celebrate every day every minute every second and that festival uh, to me is a festival of life uh, yeah so once this is sure <laughs> that your life is a festival i think there is no uh, reason uh, where you will not be happy so your message is celebrate every moment of life and uh, make the most of it 
Well, that's a gr very bright note to end this conversation. Thank you so much, Nikita, for taking out the time and uh, wish you the very best. Thank you so much for having me here uh, on, on this platform. Thanks to the audience for listening. And uh, though in advance, but I would like to, you know, extend my season's greetings to all the listeners. Wish you a Merry Christmas and a very wonderful new year ahead. Thank you very much, Nikita. All the best. This podcast was brought to you by Score Foundation. Yeah, Roshanika, Roshanika, Roshanika.